What a great song. I don't know who, where, did, where did that song come from, but I think everybody should listen to that one this week. I really do. And, you know, think about it. But it sort of speaks about the, the challenge in our, in our culture. I mean, let's be honest. If you walk up to somebody and say, hey, how are you? And they just say, well, sit down. I need an hour. You know, I, I mean, so I get it. it. It's more of a how are you is almost like hi. So they aren't really, you know. But, you know, on the other hand, we have to find some way to, to take it deeper at some point. I hope that that's what's happening a little bit in this tribe series for you. I hope you're finding opportunities, little gathering places in people's groups and homes where it's a safe place to talk about how you're really doing. And... Um, that, that to me is life-giving because then you don't feel alone and isolated. You feel connected. And that's the whole goal of this series. And the, the reason, to, just to kind of back up, is we, we started in Genesis, you know, it's not good to be alone. It's not good to be isolated. I'm not talking about to have some alone time now and then or to, to have some solace. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about um, isolation, Loneliness, Ecclesiastes chapter 4 picks up on this idea. Verse 9, two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. You ever have a job that you just can't do by yourself? Um, how many like... Lone Ranger type people do I have out there? I'll, I'll confess I, at times. I'm not always proud of it, but I got it. I'll like, I got it. I'll do it. I just got it. I got it. Who out there also has a bad back like me? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I, you, you have, there are some jobs you need help with. Two are better. They can have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity on the, the man who falls and no one can help him up. If two lie down together, they will, what? They'll keep warm. And Charlie got out of the shower this morning and you know, it's colder out now. So it's like she, she was like down in the towel. She didn't want to move. We, we got to go, Charlie. We got to get ready for church. It's too cold. It's too cold. I want to do it. So I had to scoop her up, right? Hold her because if you got someone there, it's, it, it helps. We transfer warmth to each other. This passage I obviously use many times when I'm doing wedding ceremonies. And, and um, I always tell people, it's not just the physical warmth. It's the emotional warmth. I mean, you can find ways to get warm. But it's the togetherness that warms the inside that us, you know, us human beings crave. We were built by God to be social. Then God said, make, let, let us make man in our image. Us in our, being reflective of God. And then we're in that image. It's, we, are, we are social. We are communal. 
from to our very core, the way we were built. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend. And so the idea behind tribe is simply this. We shouldn't be alone and we need to fight against it. But there are things in our culture and in our society that we have to push against. Today, amongst other, many other challenges, and basically it's this, and, and even with, like with my small group and other conversations I'm having with people, they're realizing that technology is a challenge. Technology can be good. It can be leveraged for good. It can be. But it, it can also, when we've learned this, can be not good. The pace of life, the complexity of life. But one of the things that's clear in our modern society is there is less focus on uh, faith and family. I mean, you can just think about it from when you were a child, if you're, if you're at least over 40. You can think about it. It's just different in society. Maybe not in your life, but if you just think about going to the workplace and, you know, what, what it was like two generations ago when people talked about, well, faith and family, those are big things. And they're, they're losing uh, steam in our culture. And you really just have to decide, how hard am I going to fight for those things that bring that sense of community a lot of traditions are just being completely tossed out. And what we have to decide is how we're going to fight to stay connected in community. And so um, today, I want to just do a simple message about why it's hard because I could just keep talking about the benefits of connecting and the benefits of community, but I will just thought I'd give one Sunday to talk about why is it hard? Why are relationships hard? Anybody find relationships challenging? Oh. Uh, why are they hard? They're wonderful. And they're very hard. Those are two things that we just need to say. That, that, that our deepest craving at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, you don't, what, you don't, you don't really want a 200-foot yacht. That's not really what you say. Well, I kind of would like to try. Uh, <laughs> but that's not really what you want. What you want is connection. You want, you see people on that yacht. You want people sharing that yacht. I mean, you, you, if I isolated you on that yacht, you said you can never talk to any other person and you can never share it. You can never experience it with anybody else. It would become a prison. What you want is connection but it's difficult. So this message is about why it's difficult and how do we try to fix it. Um, the problem is, ready? This is gonna be profound. The other person. <laughs> That's the problem. No, the problem is there are what? Two people, or four, or eight, but if there's more than one, two are better than one. Yes, yes, we agree with that, but two are more complicated than one. As soon as you just add one more person, it's way more complicated. How many remember being single? 
maybe you still are single. You can do whatever you want. Some of you are thinking about it again. You're like, that's actually, now that you mention it, Pastor. <laughs> whatever you want, whenever you want to. That's a good thing. Or you think about, I don't belong to something. I don't, I don't a, an organization or anything. I, I can do whatever I want. I don't need to do what they are doing because I'm outside of that community. So whether it's a, if it, whether it's a relationship that is like a family relationship, how about going on a family trip like with aunts and uncles and cousins and all kinds of stuff, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, this is how I like to do it. Now you have to factor in what? All these other people. So I'm going to show you the problem. Uh, can you bring my little thing right there, sweetie? Thank you so much. Here's the problem with all relationships. It's the backpack. Everybody comes into every relationship with one of these bad boys. What's this? You and your baggage, bro. You come. Here you come to the office. Huh? All the stuff that's ever happened to you, your last job. Huh? So look, you're gunning for somebody right when you even get in the door. Where's the idiot? I want to find the idiot. Right? You come in here and you got pain from other relationships where you've been hurt. You got some, hmm? Got some of that. Shelter. Pain meds. I know this job's going to be a pain. I know this gal's going to be a pain. I just bring the medicine before I start. Right? How many of you got your backpack with you? And, and your backpack is all the stuff that's happened to you, all the stuff. And, and then um, you could tune people out. Who's got a pair of these? Huh? Some of you are wearing them right now. That's the problem. <laughs> you got them right now. I'm just tuning you out, Pastor. Heard this before. What do you got in your backpack? Don't say nothing. That's the biggest problem when you say nothing. It shows how unaware you are. It's a big problem in a relationship when you're completely unaware of yourself. Maybe the greatest thing you could do for yourself today is start figuring out what's in your backpack. What did I bring into this anyway? What are my hang-ups? What are my biases? What makes me so mad? What makes me really happy? Just in case. You got, how many of you, know you got stuff? I said, Chris, I don't, I don't have stuff, but man, you should see her backpack. <laughs> the problem is her backpack. Now, see, here's, is it getting good? Now do we know why we have trouble in relationships? Because not only do we have your backpack, we have their backpack. Everybody comes in bringing in your baggage. How many of you remember like when another, like, like marriages start happening in a family and all of a sudden like your brother gets married to somebody and man, she's weird. 
Well, you pick a different word, a church word. <laughs> interesting. Man, she's interesting. And, uh, you know, we are having a conversation about this. I won't tell anything, but, like, uh, <laughs> so my mom was saying, yeah, you know, like, that's not how we do it. You know, what we do, like, in other words, what she's saying is, like, in our family, we don't tell you we're mad at you. Right? We just smile, like, that's fine. Run me over, that's fine. I felt good. <laughs> you just bury it and just... just I'm going to wait for like a month, then we're going to unleash on you, right? You don't, you don't just come out and you don't just tell people things. You, you have somebody else, this is their, and baggage isn't always bad. This is the way we do things in this family. This is the way we talk about things. This is the way what we accept. This is what we think of as normal. So you, you have other families, and like they, just, they sit down, and they tell you right to your face what they don't like. You're like, whoa, we don't do that. We hide it. Like stuff it down. As if somehow that's ever going to fix it. So you're bringing this in. And two are better than one, but they have to what? Mesh. They have to gel. They have to get along. And everybody has these different backstories and backgrounds and beliefs, biases. If you don't think you have them, I mean, that's like a non-starter. And if you don't think you have any biases, it's just you got to slowly start to be aware of what you're lugging around so that you can then gently begin to deal with it. I love this. In Genesis, um, when Jacob wrestles with God, God changes his name from Jacob to Israel. What does Israel mean? It means struggle with God. It means struggle, wrestle with God. Now, Charlie, I guess by now, is famously known she... She lives in fairy tale land. You know, she goes from one princess story to another, and they all kind of live happily. No. How many know that's not reality? You, you don't go through one hard thing, and then everything is just like, it's all cream after that. But, but relationships take work, to take struggle. And this is really important. I, we actually need and want that struggle. Israel, struggle with God. That, that relationship is always going to be, they're going to wrestle, try to figure it out. And what you will find out in any relationship, it's, it could be in the home, it could be in the work, it could be just anywhere, is you're, you're going to meet up with other people in their backpacks and you're going to have to struggle to figure it out. Struggle to figure it out. Don't, ready, believe the movie. It doesn't end with, and they struggled to figure it out. Because then you're chasing something that doesn't exist. And that's going to lead to 
more frustration. So I, what I want to do is just l leave you a couple of things that I think from the scripture and that might, that might help us to struggle better. To, to not acknowledge that we struggle is sad. You know? And I've just been around too long and know too many people and everybody struggles to some degree or another. Some people get really, I don't know how it happens, but some people get really, really blessed where it's almost like this almost perfect compatibility. They, those are unicorns, you know, they just are. And you celebrate it, you thank God for those people that have that or whatever, but that's just not normal. Normal is struggle. That's normal. So you're, what the problem is, what we've done is we've said, oh, I'm struggling, I'm abnormal. Our relationship's struggling, we're out there. No, that's normal. But what we gotta do is start, let's get some tools going so we can struggle better. It's all about struggling better. All right, first of all, how many perfect people do we have here? Uh, working with. How many strugglers do we have here? Strugglers. Okay, so you got to struggle a bit. First thing is this. This is going to sound weird in church, but I, I think I can back it up here. Learn to negotiate. That's what you're doing. You got this person and that person and this backpack and that backpack and and you're like, that's not going to fit in the door. You and your backpack are not going to fit. And you're like, well, I kind of need to, I kinda, it's attached to me. Because you're, you're attached to your backpack. Yeah, I took mine off, but it's stuck. You can slowly take stuff out of it. Negotiate. Now, what does negotiate mean? It means you got to, as the song says, you got to be honest. You got to be honest. Um... Can I be honest? You know, <laughs> oh, my grandma, I, I, I really didn't, I really, I couldn't do her funeral. I was supposed to, but I, I just couldn't do it. So, um, but I had a lot of things that I wanted to say. And one of the things I wanted to say was my grandma would, this is how she negotiated with my grandpa. When she was, when we were, we were driving, I still remember, <laughs> still remember, he would, you know, he's driving and he would have the heat on or whatever and. <laughs> She'd say, "Mercy, Darby, you trying to cook us?" And that meant <laughs> that meant turn the heat off, <laughs> please. <laughs> but I was just like, I was a, anybody, you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Mercy, Darby, you trying to cook us, <laughs> sweetie? <laughs> they didn't have the dual buttons back then. How many know what I'm talking about on Grandma's Day? <laughs> Negotiate. You got to you got to put out there what you want. And this happened over and over again. In, in Acts 15, you had a problem because you had Jews, that the whole church was, was Jewish, and then it started spreading out, and then Gentiles started coming in. So the, the, the Jewish culture is strong. It's strong today. It was strong then. I mean, it was incredibly strong. So people bought into the whole culture, the whole tradition. So people, it was easier for people to be together and get along because things were agreed upon. Days off were agreed upon. Kinds of things you eat were agreed upon. Kinds of things you don't eat were all agreed upon. And so there was just less mess. Get it? Much of the New Testament is about getting along, by the way. Much of the New Testament is about Jews and Gentiles getting along. So 
almost the whole New Testament is about what I'm teaching today. How do you get along with people that have different backgrounds and baggage? And so in Acts 15, they have a, they have a negotiation. They have a council. They get together. And there was a sharp dispute. That's okay. There's wrestling. Disputes are not the end. They're the beginning in a good relationship. You know, we could teach more about how to be nicer with our words and fight fair and all these kind of things, but that, I mean, that's just, this is a starting point. So then they had this thing and like, we got to negotiate. And so what they do is they get together and they say, well, the Jews think this and, the, and, and Paul's representing a lot of the Gentiles. And he says, yeah, but this is what's happening with them. And then they tried to figure out a solution that would work for both parties in negotiation. I mean, those of you that have been trained in all these kind of things, it's called win Win. How do we make everybody win? But a lot of us have been trained subconscious, subconsciously, I believe, in win-lose. I want to win, and therefore I have to make you lose. Just subconsciously. Instead of going into something and saying, how can I make this a win? So, uh, like, if I'm Jewish in this thing, it's like, man, that's my whole culture. That's what I believe. Is, is, I mean, try to take, like... From my grandma's generation, I'll just keep, go back to that. Maybe it'll help. Try to pry her Bible from her hands. Try to pry her hymnal. Try to pry something that's primal to her. You, you aren't going to do it. Say, Grandma, just forget all that stuff. It's all kind of a bunch of nonsense. Just go do this. No. She, these Jewish folks are going to have to hold on to the, a lot of these things. But we also got to welcome these Gentiles in. You know, their, their eating habits are different. They, how do we... So the end of the Acts 15 is this really remarkable passage where it says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good. It seemed good. In other words, it's like, this, maybe this will help these guys. Maybe this will help these guys. Which leads to the next thing. Negotiate means you've got to put it out there. Lovingly, carefully. Here's what I think I'm, I'm wanting in this. What do you think you're wanting? The second one's compromise. Like, you got to give. In any relationship, you got to give a little bit. You just got to give. You got to give some ground. The first thing that'll keep you completely alone and completely isolated is when you refuse to compromise. Nope. I'm not giving. That almost defines separateness, aloneness. I mean, there's a lot of things that you, quote, give up in a relationship. But what you're doing is you're giving up something to have the much greater thing, that is the relationship. Sometimes you sacrifice a bit of yourself. And so when you get to the spot, you're, you're, you're saying... You know what? I really, really, really like this. But I guess it's okay if I do this. And you're letting go. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. And I just, I, for years, I just keep thinking about that phrase. He said, I die daily because it's kind of hard to do. Unless it's not physical death, it has to do with something else. What? 
like dying to get it what you want. Oh, I hate not getting my way. I hate it. I hate it when someone cuts me off in traffic. I know I'm not supposed to, but I do. Because I feel like he took my spot. You're so spiritual today. He's like, I don't uh, Pastor, I don't really know. I don't know what you're talking about. It's weird. Isn't it weird? Isn't it weird how much it infuriates us? Some of, you are, I, some of you are more saintly than I am. I am well aware, but, and I'm working on it. Like, this doesn't matter. And we're going to get there at the same time anyway. But why does it matter? Because it feels like someone blocked your will. That's what it feels like. We don't like that. They don't like it when they block our will. Because it's really, we're going to get there at the same time. You get to the traffic light and there's one lane over and you just go. But what we don't like is to get blocked. So if you can learn, I die daily. And you could almost say this, I die hourly. Like, I'm not always going to get what I want. You know the one thing I'm trying to teach a four-year-old kid? <laughs> Nobody cares what you want. I mean, I'm trying to care sometimes, but, you know, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And you have to, you're constantly dying. What? You're killing that will. You're constantly. Don't analyze me. I'm psychological. I know I'm a mess. But I, you, did you get, I, I'm nice to her. <laughs> In a roundabout way, you have to get the message across that it's not always going to, you're not always going to get what you want in life. And how important is that lesson? As an adult, like, sometimes we're just going to have to s- s- sacrifice. Sacrifice, and this is one little thing that I want to get in here because we need to stop. Sacrificing and sulking are not the same. They're like cousins. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Fine. <laughs> fine. Is it fine? Huh? No, it's not fine. She just lied to you, bro. It's not fine. <sighs> okay. Is it okay? Uh-uh. Ain't okay for anybody. Okay. So we got to go back, start over. You do. You have to go back all the way at the one, negotiate. What is it that you really wanted? You weren't honest. You get, they, they call it a Freudian slip. You know that, right? Because it's like Freud's like, it's, this, is the under, this is the under part of you, Right? This is the fake you. I told you a couple weeks ago I'm a hypocrite, so now you already know, right? So are you. Right? That's what the song was about. Hi, how are you? I'm good, wonderful, how are you? And we can't afford to vomit our problems on everybody and every bypasser. We understand that. So, but at some point, at some place, you got to go dig in there and go, <clears throat> so I really feel about this. 
Because sulking is suffocating and stuffing. And eventually it'll come out. So you go back up, we got to negotiate again. I was thinking more like this. I was thinking more like this. So how do we make that work? How, it's not a small thing, you know, what's happening in our world. I, for one, wouldn't put my hand up and go, oh, I, I could be the fix-it guy. But I will say this. The principles, the principles are the same. The principles are the same. Bring baggage in, background. I talked to people this week. Sat across from a dinner last night with a guy. His, his wife is uh, Lebanese. Talked to people this week. They're Jewish. Talked to people that are friends with Palestinians. I mean, I, if you think people didn't bring baggage into that, you are sadly mistaken. Gotta go back. How do you do that? And, and Vicky and I were talking about this. We were talking about it all week. I mean, it's hard not to be in tears over what's going on. It's in little children. To get anywhere, you, you have to get to a point of letting go. Because one of the things that you carry in the backpack is, is the memories of hurts from the past. You have, to let those, you have to let them go. It's also called forgiveness in the Bible, but we can just call it letting it go for now. Forgiveness isn't becoming BFF with somebody. That, 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 that's completely missing the point, although I think there's a higher level of spirituality which most of us mortals don't come close to where Jesus lived, where you actually love Love your enemies. But if we could start with just letting stuff go. Some stuff you got to let go. Because you just can't ever go forward. You can't negotiate. You can't compromise. Because if you're still holding on, you just want to kill. In some form or another. I just want to destroy. I want to pay back. I want to get back. Man, that's a non-starter. So Vicky and I were talking about this this week, and I said, you know, I, I, I don't know. We are burdened by it. We are thinking about it, praying about it. And I said, I don't know, but uh, Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela did a heck of a job in South Africa. And it was when they finally had the upper hand, they finally had this, and they didn't use it. That was the game changer. Anybody ever been in an argument with like a spouse or a friend or something like that and you had a chance, you had a, you had a, you had a club, you're ready to use it? I got you. And you didn't? That's where progress is made. Desmond Tutu wrote a book called There's No Future Without Forgiveness. It's the most difficult, most complicated thing. I, I won't oversimplify it. We'll, we'll, maybe we'll do a whole service on it. But 
It has something to do with letting go. Letting go is not letting yourself getting abused over and over again, but it's letting go. I, I'm not going to pile up a list of things from the past that I need to repay you for. It's the hardest thing I think that there is, but it's the most essential. And that's why Jesus taught about it that way. He's like, because if you don't, it's destruction. It's annihilation. That God can't forgive you. In other words, you're just going to perpetuate it. It's never going to let go. Thank God we serve a forgiving God. Let me know that. Who could say here, God's forgiven you? I won't even look. I won't even look. God's forgiven you. That's all you got to do is start there. God's forgiven me. I need to let it flow. You know how we like to do? We like to calculate who's worthy of my forgiveness. You know? That's what we do. Well, it depends on how this depends on this. Just receive and give. And in that context, Jesus said, freely you have received, freely you what? Let's stand. We'll have a prayer together. Negotiate. Be honest. Put it out there. Compromise. Sacrifice some. And let some stuff go. Our Lord, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for your grace. We're all here by your grace. But God, let it flow through us. Let grace flow through us. God, for some of us, give us the courage to, to stand up and be honest. We need to work things out. Be committed to it. Show us the way. By your spirit, show us the way. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Happy Sunday, Orchard Grove. God bless you.